I know what it's like to feel invisible, to think it's too late to become what you've always wanted to be. You feel like it's too late to have more life. I felt that way too, but when I lost my brother to cancer, he made me realize I have way more life to live. And I discovered the choice was mine to live it or not. I know you want to become confident and empowered, and you deserve to step into that life you are yearning for. I'm Carrie B, and I get it. There is more greatness to come in your life, and I know you can feel it. I've made a choice to live my big life. Now it is your turn to be empowered and step into the life that has always been yours. It's time for you to step off the sidelines and into your own life, the one you were created to live. It's easier than you think. I believe in you. In fact, I am your biggest fan. So let's get started. What do you do when you wake up every single day living your life as if it was designed by somebody else? Someone else's dreams, someone else's goals, someone else's plans. You literally feel like you're on the sidelines watching this life play out and it's not the way you wanted it. Your answer is radical empowerment. I am pleased to announce that my book, The Radical Empowerment Method, is now available on Amazon. Click the link in my show notes and grab your copy today. Step into your pow pow shoes. Dig deep into who you are, why you're here, and what you were created to do. Find you. Believe that you are worth every dream you dream simply because you are. I am your biggest fan. I wrote this book for you. Get your copy today. Hello, hello, hello. We are hanging out today with Lindsay Kirkendall, and you are going to absolutely love her energy. Lindsay is a performer. She's a singer, a dancer, an actress. She has modeled. And she also has an equal affinity for the the behind-the-scenes business of the industry as well. She loves to work with artists. She loves to help artists grow their careers in ways that the artist industry doesn't usually tell you. She is the kind of person that says why not when someone tells her no. And she wants to get the knowledge that she has into your hands. Welcome, Lindsay Kirkendall. And remember, have your notebook ready. You're going to want to take notes. Lindsay, welcome to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Yay, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. And there's so much as we've gotten to know each other and we find out different things that we have in common. And it's, it's interesting to connect with people and then find out that you connect on so many other levels than you oh, even yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. 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 So other than the fact that you just came from the beach, which I'm very jealous about, (laughs) let's hear about you and what you do and what brought you to where you are and what you're doing and all the things, whatever is on your heart. I, so I'm Lindsay Kirkendall. Um, I am originally from Southern California. I lived there until I was 21. And then I decided I needed to fly the nest. Like most baby birds eventually get to that point. Yes. Um, And I grew up wanting to sing and dance and act and perform and be on stage and do all of that fun stuff. And so I knew that I still wanted to work in the entertainment industry. I always um, had a a call towards that um, line of work. Although 
by the time I was 21 and I had spent a couple of years in college, I'd also really started to develop a love of the business side as well. Yes. And I'd had some opportunities to work in production on a couple of films and really fell in love with that. And so wow. when I made the decision to leave home, um, I knew I wanted to stay somewhere that had an entertainment, you know, focus and New yes. York didn't feel like the right fit. It was further from home. It was colder. People were not as nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. It's more expensive, like all the things. Um, So I landed on Nashville and that was in the early 2000s when country was really going pop. And I didn't grow up listening to country. So that was like the era that I really started to like country music. So I felt like, oh, well, Nashville feels like a good fit, you know? And um, so I moved to Nashville in 2005 and met my husband six months later. We were married 10 months after that. Wow. Yeah. So we've been married 15 years now. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. He's also a producer and a videographer and an artist himself. Um, But I, I have the unique and maybe it's not that unique, but sometimes it feels that way, but I have a a unique, um, I guess, circumstance in that I was always the chick that didn't see myself not doing the mom thing at the same time as I was doing the artist thing. And I think a lot of women that are like me that want to pursue creative careers kind of feel like parenting or or having a family has to come after they've reached a certain level of success. Mm -hmm. And because of the era in which I graduated high school and came into adulthood, it was really paralleling the technological revolution. You know, like AOL, I was on AIM, like my freshman year of high school, you know, like that was really kind of the progression. And so the economy, the world, you know, the way we view how people work, it all changed in my coming into adulthood. And part of that, what changed was the music industry. Yeah. (laughs) It imploded, right? Uh It didn't know what to do. It lost its shirt because tech was taking over everything and they couldn't sell physical products of of music anymore, which you know all about. Uh, Yes. yes. And so, um, it was around 2008 that the music business really kind of tanked. And at that time, I'm, I've always been an observer. I was the baby by 13 years. And so I've always, I think it's maybe a byproduct of my personality, but also just the birth order thing. I've always kind of been the person to observe and get a feel and then execute. And so I was just kind of watching what was happening in the industry. My husband and I both had a lot of really high level industry friends um, who we were kind of watching get really scared and trying to figure out how they were going to recreate their careers or what they were going to do. And we were also at the same time seeing the rise of social media and digital business. And of course we um, were working I, I took a, a job in the corporate side of the music industry at a music magazine. And I was observing that, you know, the way that record deals were being given was not the way it was 20 years ago. You know, the 360 uh-huh. deal had become a thing. And that wasn't really in the artist's best interest. And if you dig even deeper, record deals were never really in the artist's best interest. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But um, it was just kind of slowly getting worse and worse because the music industry industrial complex was trying to figure out how to keep the doors open and keep money coming through the doors. 
And so I'm kind of observing this and observing what's going on in the digital space. I'm seeing people be able to build these like wildly successful digital businesses in like 24, 36 months. And artists are over here struggling, still trying to figure out, do I get a deal? Do I do it independently? What, what do I do? How do I survive? How do I make an income? And I still love performing. And I had gotten a number of opportunities to perform and do things with my husband and other, other opportunities. But at the same time, we were married. And when you get married, you kind of have this light switch go on that goes, well, I need to make money now. You know, yeah. and it was much yeah. easier to just go get a job in the music business than it was to figure out how to be an artist, especially yes. in that era. Mm-hmm. And he and I both came from families that were not musicians. They had no idea. Like there was just not a whole lot of guidance or support because they didn't, our families just didn't know. So right. pursuing the artist route felt a lot more difficult than just going and getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. And um, through that, I was also trying to figure a way to create a life. Because I mentioned earlier, I was really like, Want, I wanted to be a mom. That was always a big part of my heart as much as it was to be a creative and live a creative life. Yeah. And so I was trying to find a way to marry the principles of online entrepreneurship with creating space in my life to be a really present mom. We homeschool part-time. That was really important to me. Um, and to have a lot more freedom and flexibility because I just, I never was going to be the kid that was going to be the employee and fit into the system. And my kids go to public school five days a week. Like, oh, it was just too stifling for me. I need a lot of independence and freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so what we ended up or what I ended up being able to do was create a business that allowed me to have a lot of time freedom to pursue creative things Mm -hmm. and to be present with my kids while they're small and then also still to work in the music business and, and run my own business. So I was my own boss. So now I am a music business consultant and artist coach, primarily for female artists. And I teach them how to do kind of what I did. Not that I'm necessarily teaching them how to build coaching businesses, but rather lean into their brilliance and their mm-hmm. own areas of genius to create a business around their artistry and their gifting. So they can be in control. They can create the level of wealth that they want to create for themselves and do whatever it is that they want to do in their personal life, whether it's being a mom or not. For me, it was. Um, So that's been what I, we've started, my husband and I started the business together in 2012. Yeah. The year in between we had our boys and um, we did that for a couple of years where he was doing production and I was doing at the time I was calling it artist development because artists still didn't really know what's online business. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have Uh as much interest. It was just like, okay, well, artist development, they understand. So I was doing that, but I was really teaching them how to grow their audiences online. And we did that for a number of years. And then I took a break, went back to work for um, a record label in Nashville doing national promo for the radio department and left that in 2016 and then took like a big break for a, about an 18 month stretch because I was so over the music industry by that point. <laughs> so done. And, um, and then I, I started my own business in 2018. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. And yeah. we just moved to Florida last week because part of what I want is freedom, right? I want to be able yes. to have an abundant free life where I'm not attached to any systems or structures that force me to stay in one place. So 
we've been able through my business to change our lives for a little while. So we're doing it for a year. And if we love it, we'll stay. And if we don't, we'll always go back to now. I mean, we can always go back to Nashville, but yeah, that's where somewhere doing. else, wherever, or somewhere you, else. wherever the, wherever your desires and the wind blows you. Right. Right. Which is the joy yeah. of what you do. So, so when you are working with someone as, um, as an artist coach and you're helping them develop as an artist, what are some of the things that you help with? See, because in our conversations, as we've talked and, and that was what I did for years and years and years was to travel and sing, present yeah. child sponsorship through world vision and all of that. And I would have loved to have had a Lindsay in my life because I had no idea what I was doing. No, no one idea. does. <laughs> no one does. There's no guide map. You know, no. I always compare it to the difference between someone who wants to become a medical doctor, for example. They know exactly what they have to do, or an attorney. They know exactly what they have to do to go make that happen and make that a reality. It's not the case with artists. So, again, going back to the observing piece, I was able to kind of observe what I saw other friends in other industries doing with their businesses digitally. Yeah. And, and starting to realize well, it doesn't matter if you're a photographer or if you're a coach or if you're something else, the principles of digital business are all pretty similar, mm-hmm. you know, and how you grow an audience, how you speak to them, how you sell. So I was thinking, okay, well, this is completely applicable to artists as well. And my main goal for artists when I work with them and what I help them with is to help them really discover their own intrinsic value. Cause I feel like in the post-industrial age, we've really been conditioned, whether you're an artist or anything else, we've really been conditioned to focus on the product of what we do, mm-hmm. not on the, the brand, if you will, of who we are and the intrinsic yeah. value and gifts that we can provide to the world. And artists have a unique place in that because people, yes, they may love your music, but that's not actually what they're buying. Yeah. They're buying the way you make them feel through the music. The music is the tool. So I really kind of walk through a simple process with artists in the beginning where we identify what are the three words that you would use to describe yourself and kind of asking some close friends and family how they would describe the artist as well or that person, because that's often a really good indicator of who that artist is and what it is that they have a natural um, I guess to use one of your words, a natural superpower for, you know, some people they come up, I mean, I've had people come up with words that are as varied as unlocked to altruistic to witty, clever. I mean, so many variations and it's not just, Oh, I'm a creative and I'm a a musician, which is mostly (laughs) what they've, they've only been asked to think that far artists. And so when you can start to help them understand that there's a deeper um, value that they're actually providing to the world. And that's actually the thing that their fans are buying into mm-hmm. is being in that energetic space that they create just by virtue of being who they are. Yeah. That's the thing that they need to help their artists understand or artists, their fans understand in order to then be able to start to identify, okay, what are some of the revenue streams that make sense for me? Because right now in the music business, the revenue streams are huge. Like, I mean, you know, it's either live shows, which we all know what happened to that in the last couple of years. Yeah. Sales of music, which is virtually zero at this point. People aren't buying physical products and streaming pays 
less than a percentage of a cent per stream. It's like 0.00038, I believe. I may not have gotten that exactly right, but it's something like that per stream. So no one's getting really paid a living wage streaming their music. And then it's merch or publishing royalties or sync royalties, any kind of royalties, licensing, things like that. But sync and publishing, those aren't guarantees. Those aren't consistent building blocks for a business. That's up and down. Yeah. And merch is something that could work. But again, like so many artists think, oh, merch, I got to go put my logo on a t-shirt. Well, people don't know who you are. They don't want your freaking logo on a t-shirt. Yet. Right. <laughs> right. So how are you going to make money with merch? You know? So we really start by looking at, okay, who are you? What is the value that you create? And what are you putting into the world just by virtue of who you are? And then understanding what we have available to us in the digital space. How can we identify non-traditional revenue streams within the confines of your goals and what where you want to be in a month from now and 10 years from now? So, you know, it, sometimes it looks like I've got an artist who already has a pretty strong like house show touring game. and they just need some tweaks and learning how to raise their prices, be more confident in creating yeah. experience and communicating the value mm. of what they do so they can charge more. And it's really more of a business consulting piece yes. all the way to, I have a client that I'm working with right now, for example, who's gone through a divorce and has a little three-year-old and she's living at home with mom. And her main priority is just getting on her financial feet and being able to support herself in a way that also provides enough for her to have time to also continue to pursue the musician side of who she is. And so yes. what we're working on is actually creating um, a mentorship program because she's really passionate about helping moms who want to birth outside of the medical system and do it at home or some other form other than the hospital. Yes. Um, that's another passion of hers. So we're creating yes. a mentorship program where she can do that with people. Mm-hmm. Um, because for her, her unique situation right now is that she needs to get on her financial feet and create an income stream that's largely passive so she can have the support for her and her son, but also the time to pursue her music. Yes. So it can be really different. That is what we come up with. Yeah. Which is, I mean, just listening to what you're saying, it's just, uh, where were you when I was doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a little before that that turn of nobody was right. buying physical products. So yeah. thankfully I still had, you know, I had the CD table in the back. In fact, mm-hmm. my first ones were actually on cassettes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you can and, make really great money doing that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the bulk of, of the income stream we brought in. So yeah. looking back, if I hadn't had that, those products in the back to sell after, right. you know, after concerts, it, yeah. we wouldn't, it would have been, it would have hurt a lot. It would have hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. And so to look at someone now, until you said that, I hadn't really thought, wow, when was the last time I bought a CD? Yeah. Right. Well, and, was, and even if you do, do your cars have a place? Do you have a CD player in your home no. anymore? Does your nope. car have a place for you? Like, you know, <laughs> even if you bought one, you can't use it anymore. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, which is, yeah, I have like, you know, a hundred a hundred, maybe more than that on a shelf that I'd yeah. never touch anymore, but I'll say, Hey, Siri play blah, blah, blah for me and stream it without really realizing how that is affecting the artist. Mm-hmm. 
that until you said that, I never really thought about that. And there, and there's no turning back the clock at this point. No, no, there's not. It's digital. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. who we are. So the fact that you're out there helping artists create, create creativity by who they are, who they actually are, not what they're doing every day, but who right. they are is amazing. Yeah. It's I mean, because really you think about artists are kind of leaders of their own mini movement. Yes. Because they get up on stage and they have a message and they want to share. Like that's fundamental to artistry is that you feel somehow that you have something that you want to say and that you want to share and people either buy in you either convert them, you know, to your way of thinking and they buy in or they don't, but the ones that buy in, you are then the leader of your own ecosystem of your own yeah. mini movement. And so when artists can really start to understand that, like they're selling themselves, yeah, you don't have to focus so much on like, okay, what's the product? Like I have to focus on the physical product of music, which I think in some ways is a bummer because we all came from an era where people bought, well, not all of us. I mean, people are adults now that were born in 2000. So, (laughs) but there's that, there's that nostalgia for like the physical product, but at the same time, it's also opened up this whole new conversation about what it really means to be an artist and to be a creative and how you add value to the world. And that's really exciting. So are most of the artists that you work with, um, do they, are they instrumental? Are they vocal? Are they actors? What's, what's the main, or is it totally varied? It's totally varied. I have worked with people that are not musicians, um, because someone who's a painter, for example, or an actor is still largely going to have the same process. It's just that the end product is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but primarily work with, with, um, music artists. So yeah. people that are writing their own, most, most tend to write their own music, but yeah, female artists that are either writing or recording their or someone else's original music and mm-hmm. releasing it and doing that whole cycle. How do they, how do they find and connect with you? Which I know I'm going to ask again in a few minutes <laughs> yeah. on how we can find and connect with you, but how, how are they finding you? Largely because through they all either... Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, either through Instagram or through other like podcasts, I get a lot of clients from people hearing me speak. It's usually when people hear me speak because Mm -hmm. no one else says this stuff. No one's really willing to say to artists, Hey, you can't actually make money on music. No one wants to say that, but it is the truth, but it's at least to a degree, you know? And, and you know, if Spotify were paying $5 a stream, I wouldn't be having these conversations. We would be talking about how to grow your audience and get them streaming your music, right? Yes. But it goes back to like what I said a second ago. I kind of like that it's not that way because that's still very product focused. And it's not asking the artist to really understand more deeply their value. And it gives them a whole, a, a much greater experience of who they are, why they're doing this, what they have to offer to the world. It just bolsters who they are as people and as women Yeah, to be able to go through that process rather than just going, Oh, is my music good enough? You know, is the production good enough? Did the mix come out? Okay. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've seen so many artists just completely get 
wrapped up in these finer details when the reality is, is like, and I'm sure you've heard this saying too, people are ignorant to musical things. Yes. (laughs) So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if something has flubbed. It matters the energy that you put behind it and what you're really there to sell. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. And when you think about it, when you write a song, when you sit down and write a song, the songs that I have written, it was never, when I was writing a song, I was never thinking, oh gosh, how much money am I going to make from this song? It was, yeah, this is my heart and soul. And I just want to, I want it to work its way into someone's heart and grip them. Yeah. That's what it was always about. Always about. Yep. So, and when you ask an artist, you're like, what is it that you want people to walk away having felt? It's, I want them to feel transformed. I want them to feel inspired, energized, relaxed, healed, comforted, not alone. Yeah. It's never, well, I just want them to walk away going, damn, that was a great guitar lick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And sometimes that does happen, but like, that's not the main motivation. Yeah. And yet that is what we focus on. I can remember thinking, oh, if I have better speakers and if I have the better lighting and, and the cool lights, uh, you know, the strobe lights going and all of that, none of that, none of it mattered if I wasn't connecting. Right. You know, if I wasn't really clear on who I was, which I wasn't, I was doing what everyone else was doing. And what you thought you had to do to be a good enough product. Yeah. And it was exhausting. Oh yeah, because it's exhausting being a product because we're not products, we're people. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to connect with people on stage. That's what yeah. I was born to do. That's what I wanted right. to do. And through music. So right. what would you say to someone, and I can't believe it's already been 23 minutes. Um, oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> what would you say to someone who really had this desire? Like they know this is their life's purpose to Mm -hmm. follow that dream of being an artist, what would you tell them is their number, number one step to bringing that focus into that? Yeah. Well, it would, it will be the same thing that I was actually going to share as my journal prompt. Okay. Let's do it. So do you mind if I double kill two birds with one stone? Not at all. I, it's the same thing that I shared a little bit earlier. I always say, Describe yourself in three words first. What three words would you use to describe yourself? So that's number one. Number two is ask three to five trusted friends or family members or colleagues mm-hmm. what three words they would use to describe you. And then see what themes, based on what you said and they said, what themes are overlapping. Mm-hmm. And then pick the three that resonate with you the most and then thesaurus them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because there's, there's a difference, for example, if someone says, well, I'm very creative or I'm very smart, smarts one that like, I get a lot smart, like, okay, well, there's a difference between someone who's intelligent and someone who's clever, you know, it has a different feeling. And as yes. artists, we get that we get that the words that we use and the phrases that we use convey different emotions and feelings. So are you an intelligent brand of smart or are you a clever brand of smart? And what does that mean for your brand? What does that mean for how you show up online and how you infuse the visual and the emotion and all of the things that you create in your brand? How is that truly like rooted in 
the three words that you decide. So I think the thesaurus is always a really great tool because sometimes we can just pick really vague terms like kind, creative, compassionate, you know, and well, a lot of people are that, but (laughs) for (laughs) artists getting a little bit clearer and a little more granular is often a really, really great place to start because that is really what your audience is going to be buying. So you will tend to attract, for example, if we're going with someone who is um, like altruistic, I've got a client who has one of those words, the people that buy into what she's doing, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, are buying into the fact that she's super positive and has a very altruistic way of looking at the world. They Mm -hmm. might be people that need that, don't know it necessarily, but energetically respond to being around someone that oozes that. And and my client who has that, she doesn't even think about it. It's just who she is. Mm -hmm. She was born wired that way. Yes. You know? And so that is a really, really fundamental piece in starting any creative business or career is knowing that the way you were wired, the good pieces of your character and your personality that are uniquely you that's why people buy into you. Yes, I love that. So let's circle to your pow pow shoes then, your version of your pow pow shoes. Yeah, so mine are definitely, I've always said like, this is when I put my superhero cape on. So I love that you have a word for it too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm really good at helping people see how awesome they are and just look at themselves objectively and see their value. In the beginning, we work through, um, I just sit and do, we do a 90 minute session. I just let them tell me their story and they'll blow through it. Like, oh, I've told this a million times. And I'm like, do you not see how this is cool? Do you not see how that is cool? This piece is so compelling about your story that not to you, but to anyone else. It's like, oh, that's super interesting. I want to lean into that. So that's really where I feel like I shine is helping people really understand their value. Mm, That's beautiful. and. So we are, where can we find you? How can we support you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I hang out there most often. Okay. It's at Lindsay Kirkendall. Okay. And I will link it also. Yeah. We're good. And right. how you can support me. I would just love to have a conversation if there are artists listening that want more and want to find out like how to get a better support system versus just listening to the marketing gurus that want to teach yes. Facebook advertising and Spotify playlisting. <laughs> yeah. You actually want to grow a business and make real money that's consistent. Um, I, I would love to, to have a conversation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so anyone who's listening, connect with Lindsay, follow her. And here's the thing. Maybe, maybe it's not your, maybe you're not the artist, but there is someone in your life who is. Make sure you connect them with Lindsay because as, as someone who did this years ago, this would have been invaluable in my life. Mm. Invaluable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do and keep doing it. Keep doing it. Thank you. And thank you. I think the world needs more artists. right now. Yes. More than ever. Yeah. And sharing their gifts and uh, nothing, nothing connects me to myself and to people around me more than music does. That's, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. 
that's who yeah. I am. You know, I've got to be dancing. I've got to be listening. I've got yeah. to be singing. I've got to be doing something all the time. Yeah. Well, and think about it. Is there anyone in the world that doesn't like music? I can't think of anybody. Like, I've never met anybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> never. It's so needed. Yeah, it so is. Needed. All yeah. different kinds. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It has Absolutely. been my joy, my pleasure. And I know everybody's going to be sharing this episode all over the place. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Hey, thanks for listening in. I want you to know I do not take it for granted that you give me this time to have coffee and tea together with me. But before you go, it would mean the world to me if you grab a quick coffee or tea refill and pop into the podcast reviews and leave me a review. It's how this podcast grows. It's how it reaches and empowers more women. And it's how I know how to serve you best. I want this podcast to be what you need. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share it with your friends. And follow me on Instagram at I am Carrie V. Remember, it is never too late. Peace out, girlfriend. Pow, pow.